Hi, listeners. Today we have a special episode where we have an interview with the president of Anderson Valley Brewing Company, Kevin McGee. This brewery means a lot to the grocery gamblers because it's from our hometown. So it's pretty awesome that they were willing to sit down and have a chat with us. Make sure to check them out and their quality beer. Let's have a seat at the table. First off, you know, we appreciated getting, you know, getting all the samples and, you know, we're sorry it took us a little, a little while to, you know, get around to actually recording. But yeah, man, uh, we, again, we really appreciate it. And, you know, we, thanks for, you know, hooking us up and thanks for coming and doing this with us. Cause yeah, you know, it's just a wacky little podcast that started off as just a text chain between myself and my, my friends we're trying to one up each other. of just like, Oh man, check out all this weird crap. I keep finding at the grocery outlet. You know, <laughs> like It's like, did you know that Sabaro made a wine? Me neither, you know, kind of <laughs> situation. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, man, um, I just started off here. Kind of want to just give us a little bit of info, just like on you and a little bit of info on Anderson Valley Brewing that we should, uh, we should start off with and then go from there. Yeah. Um, so, so Anderson Valley has been around since 1987. It was one of the um, sort of class of 88, they call them. And at the time, I think someone did the research. They told me there was like 18 or 20 craft breweries in the country when it opened up and it opened up in a, um, a little uh, brew pub sort of on the main drag down in Boonville. And then we moved to the current location back in 96 and uh, installed a big brew house and stuff. We've been here ever since. I got involved in December of 19. My family bought the brewery. 100% family owned. And this is my last job. I'm going to do this for 25 or 30 years and then hand it off to my daughter or someone else in my family. And, uh, and we'll, we'll, They'll, they'll take it in and, and run from there. So that's awesome. That's, yeah, that's great to hear. I've lost count how many times I've been at the tap house. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I mean, we, we've all been there. We all love it. And no, like that's, that's, you know, great to hear. And, you know, we all grew up with it, but we've been like, you know, we've seen it. It's been really nice. Like, I, I feel like I've seen Anderson Valley all over the place, which is gr- great because it's good it's good beer. You know, that's the first thing, you know, it's like, I, you know, spoiler alert, all of us are totally unbiased here with our yeah. opinion on, on, you know, we try to be like, Oh yeah, we, you know, our whole podcast is about, you know, trying and reviewing food and stuff, food, drink, whatever it is. But yeah, with us, like we were like, we hit you guys up and it's like, Oh, this is going to be totally unbiased. Like we're all we're like, we're all going to be like, we love this, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's uh that's rad. And that's good news to hear. I mean, like the, the, the beers, I mean, it was a big reason why we were interested in it. So I've been, I've been involved in beer for, um, for a while and uh, it was, it was a, a wine executive and, and that kind of stuff too. But when we were, when we were looking at, you know, getting involved in a family business and, and wanting to buy something that we could really set some roots down in and develop kind of a multi-generational business. I really wanted to, to look at craft beer for, for a number of reasons, but, you know, our criteria was pretty narrow. I mean, there's only a few different breweries that we were interested in looking at. And I think we took a hard look at about five of them and uh, really a, a big, like the first sort of threshold is that the beer quality has got to be flawless. I mean, if you don't have good beer, you're dead in the water. I mean, uh, you know, and, and Anderson was, was great that way. They never put out a bad beer. I mean, there may be beers that some people like, you know, less than others or more than others and that kind of stuff, but they've never done a bad job at beer. So like being able to kind of come in as a new owner and, you know, not have to apologize for some sort of like weird pastry stout dalliance or, you know, it's like, you know, some, some mold growing seltzer project or, 
something is, you know, because that's the hard stuff. The hard stuff is really having the really good product and having, you know, people and processes and, and stuff like that, uh, that, that are able to execute, you know, on making a really good beverage. And what, what Anderson's issue was, is that I wasn't really doing a very good job at all. Actually, I wasn't doing any at all of uh, communicating to consumers and really kind of, you know, letting people know who they are. And uh, for like 10 years, they really didn't do any marketing. And so that seems about that, right. Yeah, yeah totally. Well, that, that's, I mean, that's a lot easier to manage. You know, you just start talking to people, you start getting out there and start explaining, you know, who you are and where you came from and that kind of thing. And, um, uh, and that, you know, is a very different problem. I mean, it's still a problem, but it's a different problem to fix than if like you're just putting out a horrible product. So <laughs> Um, or just like five different versions of the same, you know, the same IPA. I had a few questions here I want to ask you, and you got, this kind of relates to what some of you were just talking about. Um, is there like a release from you guys that, you know, maybe you personally love, but there's kind of, maybe it was like a, a niche release or something, but something that just like didn't take off when you were like, oh man, like, why didn't people like this? Like, there's, kind of thing. there's a couple beers actually that, that would qualify for that. There's um, a beer that we're not making anymore. Uh, which was a brewed IPA mm -hmm. and it's a beautiful beer. I mean, the liquid is, is awesome. It tastes great. And the problem that brewed IPA had was that there were a bunch of people that started making brewed IPAs that really didn't know what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And you would just, you know, use, you know, different yeasts or different practices and stuff. And a lot of marginal brewed IPAs got out on the market and it killed the category. So the consumer's expectation of what they should have um, or what it should taste like, was a problem and then the name brewed ipa is just not a good name um i, was gonna say, I think i've seen that maybe once <laughs> yeah. you know no it's i mean it, it is it is a phenomenal beer it's one of the you know uh i mean it's definitely in, in the the top echelon of beers that anyone is making and it would would stand up there in terms of you know quality you know i mean you you, you would drink it and you'd be like this is a really nice beer but the category just died because of the name so uh, and really, you know, what it, what it is, um, and, and a part of it is that, you know, we're use, you use an amylase enzyme and, and stuff like that to kind of clean it up. And so that it has a really dry finish. And a lot of the beers that are being marketed as gluten reduced or gluten free are doing the same thing. So that, that's one of the big, the big aspects of it. But I mean, if there was, if there was a beer that, you know, kind of got just shafted out of the opportunity to, to do something bigger, it would be that one. There's another beer that we make and are continuing to make called the uh, it's the black rice of uh, black rice ale oh we um, we all loved that yeah and i gave i gave one to my my friend who lives in the building and he was just like i'm gonna go like he bought more the next day because he yeah. was going to the grocery store so that, that a, stuff is rad that's an awesome beer and we're putting a bunch of energy behind it because the the the, the beer itself like the the liquid is awesome mm -hmm. um the package looks really cool um it's like uh, it's black with you know red asian writing on it and stuff like that the beer does not taste like the package and that's that's the problem is that when the former owners you know launched it they just kind of shipped it out to the distributors and didn't really back it up by trying to tell people what to expect from it or you know what is a black race i mean it's totally you know it's it's very innovative it's it's very different it's basically it's it's a 90 calorie you know craft beer i mean it's 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 basically, it's a Michelob Ultra that tastes like a good beer. We, we basically, we called it like, you know, we're like, this is a really good lawnmower beer. And yeah, we, because uh, it isn't like, because like the right, like the, like the rice thing, I know like 
like the big guys like don't they do that with like a bunch of like core stuff they just but that's kind of just like we just got this throw it in kind of situation yeah. or am i making that up or no no it's um there's uh i think cores uses uh corn uh budweiser uses rice okay um, okay and they refer to it as they refer to it as adjunct brewing if you're not if you're not brewing with like 100 percent you know barley you know or rye or something like that it's 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 adjunct brewing but there's a super long tradition and you can make a lot of really, really good beers with adjuncts. I mean, just because Budweiser uses rice doesn't mean that it's a bad idea. I mean, Budweiser, it's really, really hard to make a light lager like Budweiser. So the, the people who are making that beer are really good at what they do. And it gets kind of poo-pooed because basically because Stone really, you know, kind of, I think, led that charge and it's just something different. But they're not doing it because it's a bad idea. They're doing it because it creates the product that, that they want and, and stuff. So, like, rice as an ingredient has got a huge, you know, tradition for really good reasons. Black rice does not. I mean, black rice is not a normal thing. And we ran into a bunch of problems with it because it's got a hell of a lot more gluten. And um, we had to adjust the process to use it very differently then you would use normal rice in a brewing process. And that, mm-hmm. that kind of developed some of the flavor and stuff like that too. And so it was, uh, it was a hard fought for um, <laughs> concept <laughs> and, uh, and Fal and the, and the crew here were able to work it out pretty well. And so really excited about that. It just, it never really got a good chance to get off the ground in a meaningful way. And so it's just taking more time, but we're doing a, a complete, um, refresh of the branding and the logo and that kind of stuff. And when we do that, we're going to relaunch the black rice and, and give it the shot that it, it, it deserves uh, to, to get people's attention. So I'm um, pretty excited about that one. Before we tried it, we all were like, we've seen it, but we've never tried it, but we've all kind of wanted to, and it just never got around to it. And then now mm-hmm. we're all just like, that was really good. That was really, really good. And we just, I mean, I just remember it just seeing it at a, you know, a liquor store one day and I'm like, hmm, I wonder what that is. Well, I don't know. And I'm just, you kind of just, I mean, mm-hmm. like we're all, look, we're all habit shoppers, you know, we all have, it, you know, it's hard, it's hard to break into something new, you know? And, yeah. uh, yeah, so we, yeah, we've, we've been telling all of our friends like, uh, yeah, try this. <laughs> Cause it was, that was, that was quite good. But then, yeah, so I guess, uh, just kind of follow up here with another, another question I have for you, for you um, what would you like? What what are what are some of your like go to lawnmower beers? Kind of like to ask people that. <laughs> oh, um, actually, we've got uh, one that we're releasing now. We redid uh, something, so we're going to be releasing Boonville Gold on a national level. Boonville Gold was really kind of like only sort of like locally around here, but we kind of lightened it up a little bit, and it's you know, turn into, I mean, basically it's something that is a craft alternative to Bud Miller Coors. Um, doesn't taste like 805, but would kind of be in that category. Yeah. Sort of like, you know, Scrimshaw, sort of like, you know, mm. some of those beers. Nice. Um, and that one is, is really nice. Uh, another one that we're also, we're, so back in 2007, I turned my garage into a brewery. And I was one of the first two or three um, nano brewers uh, and actually didn't come up with a name for another couple of years. Uh, but I've been, I've, so I've been running a one barrel brew house out of my garage for 13, 14 years. And uh, so we've just gone through the process of developing the recipes for the systems here. And so it looks like we're going to be launching that and starting to distribute it um, later this month, I think. Nice. Uh, That's awesome. 
And so I make a blonde ale, a Healdsburg Beer Company blonde ale. So that's one of my go-tos because I usually have it on tap in the garage. That's perfectly um, fair. That's a, you're, you're like, hold on a second. Just come back. Yeah. You know? No, yeah, that's a, no, it's, it's, it's always interesting when, you know, like we like, we like to ask people that and, you know, we've got it. We've got a few interesting ones. A couple of people, you know, my, we, we asked my dad that once and he was just like whiskey. And it's like, Oh, you're a bad, you're a bad example. It's uh, a <laughs> love you, dad, but you're a bad example. <laughs> also, uh, you know, it's like the tropical hazy that we launched last year in February is a great beer um, for doing that. It's also it's kind of lawnmower. It's 4.2%. It's like 120 calories. So it's not, not too heavy. If I were going to go, I mean, outside of, um, you know, of our stuff, uh, something like death and taxes or reality check, uh, anything from moonlight usually kind of fits the bill. Um, you know, those kinds of beers. I mean, the, the, or, you know, go, you know, find a Kolsch, find, uh, you know, something, um, Sudworks makes a great Pilsner. Can always, can always kind of go there. It's really interesting because I feel for, for my personal experience, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm 35. So it's like, I feel like I got to really experience like the boom, but I feel like I'm also experiencing the bust of just everything being an IPA. And <laughs> I'm kind of, well, I'm, but I'm, I, but I'm kind of happy for that because I mean, yeah. Okay. When I was younger, like, yeah, I could drink more, you know, kind of thing. But then, um, I don't know. I'd like I, these days I'm, and it's, it's not just me. It's like a lot of my friends, like we're all just kind of getting tired of these like IPA beers that are just meal beers, you know, like you have two and you're like, I'm not even hungry, but I'm hungry kind of situation. And, uh, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm happy to see that just, it feels like across the board, a lot of brands are just, not fully. I mean, yeah, everyone still has, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're really thick, you know, double IPA that, you know, you're like, wow, what is that? That's 14%. You have one and you're just, you're, you're done, you know, kind yeah. of situation, uh, which, you know, there's a time and a place for those. I'm not going to say there's not one, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of happy that, I, I mean, yeah, just like with the stuff that you guys sent us, like we were all really happy that we're like, yeah, we, we, we had all of them and we just, it, we, it's, they weren't meal beers, which we were really, really happy about. So. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I really liked Anderson when we were, when we were you know, looking at it, you know, my family. So, so my, like, Healdsburg Beer Company, so my recipe development guiding line was, like, I was making 30 gallons of beer in a batch out of my garage just because, you know, and I'm, like, delivering it out of the, you know, passenger seat, you know, just draft <laughs> only. So I'm delivering kegs out of the passenger seat of my Subaru and stuff. And so... So my recipe like development concept yeah. was if, if I can't sell this, because it was not, you know, like no one was doing this. I mean, people were looking at it like it was bathtub gin. <laughs> if, I, if, I can't, if I can't sell this, I've got to drink 30 gallons of it. So Ooh. it better be something that I can, I can make my way through. So it was like everything had to be, you know, it had to be balanced. It had to be something. I used to say, you know, like, look, I'm, I'm brewing for the third pint. It's like, I want people to have, you know, to, to go back to like, you know, two or three times and be able to kind of do that. And so, you know, very rarely would I make a beer that was, you know, more than, than you know, in the sixties and, and stuff, but it also like, I would try and work the attenuation and try and work the body of the beer so that, you know, it finished, you know, lighter, but also had a lot of flavor that, that like extended on the palate. And so you really knew you were, you were drinking something and, you know, going through the, the portfolio of beers at Anderson was absolutely the same 
kind of perspective. And it was like, you know, being able to, to kind of, you know, drink through it and like, be like, okay, I, you know, I get this, I understand, mm-hmm. you know, where the perspective is coming from. And, and these are people like, I mean, like Fowl's forgotten more about making beer than I will ever know. And, and, you know, and so it was like being able to kind of, you know, understand that, you know, my, my preferences, my perspective and what I think is a good, you know, path and approach towards, towards making beer was, you know, very much in tune with what Anderson's been doing for 33 years. Yeah. And you know, that was something that really gave it, me a lot of confidence in, in, in terms of like you know, going there. And also, you know, since I've been here, you know, being able to have that conversation with Fallon, and Dave and, and John, you know, in, in, in the brew house and, and stuff has really been helpful. And so it's like, you know, and Fal talks about like always brewing for the second pint. It's like, you want that reorder, you want someone to finish it and then want another one yeah. instead of, I mean, there's, any number of beers out there that are super high IBU, you know, higher alcohol that if you have a third one of them in one sitting, that's a story that you tell. It's, it's not, it's it's (laughs) not like, it's not like an evening. It's like, I remember I had the third, you know, my third, you know, whatever IPA, you know, and and then, you know, it's like, I woke up on Monday, two days later and, you know, I'm like, these are my pants and you have stories like that. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. I, I know what you're talking about. Again, this is maybe just my perspective and uh, it might be a little warped just because of us since we've started doing this podcast of like, it, it's half of us trying to find stuff that we find. Actually, let me rephrase that. Most of the time, it's us trying to find stuff that we find interesting and that we legitimately want to mm-hmm. try. But then there is like the 10 to 20% of stuff that we're just like, that looks insane. It's probably poison. I want to try it, you know, kind of situation. Uh, and thank, thankfully, we've only, um, there's only been a couple things we've, we've tried that has just been absolute trash. What we've kind of noticed along like our journey is that we've, especially when it comes to like alcohol related stuff, is that there's this stuff, like we, we keep finding stuff where we're like, just because you could doesn't mean you should kind of situation. Yeah. And like, and again, it's not that it's bad it's just kind of like uh like you know like a lot like you said a lot of it's like we're not reaching for another another drink of it kind of thing like like one one that one that we tried recently that we were really curious to try was we we got a hold of uh some of uh paps uh their hard coffee and Mm -hmm. it was just we were like okay like yeah we're really gonna try this and all three of us were like no we do not <laughs> we do not like this and like and again we'd have no problem with paps and like you know we've i mean gr- granted i think i've only tried i mean i've just, everyone's had you know pbr and i've tried the whatever their high octane version is you know uh that's really all that i've tried but i mean yeah like we were like okay this is new. Let's try that. Um, when it comes to like our journey of this and that, like, yeah, there's been a lot of just like a, Hmm. All right. Like this is fine. But yeah, some of the real high octane stuff, it's like this weird category of like, who is the audience for this? Like, that's like, which like who, like how, like beyond the joke factor of like, haha, that looks, that looks interesting. But like, how often does that actually translate into someone like buying that, you know, yeah. kind of situation? Like maybe if you're like in a bar, maybe, but like at a, at a liquor store and you see, you know, I don't know, some, you know, Appletini for Loco, you're like, man, I don't, I have, I have stuff to do tomorrow. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to do that to myself. There's, so. I mean, the beer version of that. I mean, there's no shortage of that. I mean, there's, no. Yeah there's a dynamic in, in craft beer that's evolved that I think is, is kind of, you know, coming around and, and correcting itself. So, so what, what happened was, you know, in early days, 
um, you know, craft really was marketing itself as just not being um, industrial light lager. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was like anything else. And it was, you know, really kind of stone was probably the most vocal about it. And, and I think Boston probably did the best job of, you know, kind of, you know, you're proving the point with, you know, Boston lager, it's like, yeah, it's a lager. So you're used to lager, but it was a totally different, you know, concept, totally different, you know, thing did the best job of kind of walking the walk and leading by example and, and everything. But it was really, I mean, it was marketing based on, you know, what we're not, not necessarily what we are. And so then after it got a little bit more attention, it was like, okay, well, what are we? And so then you had the different, you know, brands and breweries doing things to differentiate themselves sort of on a product wise basis. And a big, sort of easy transition to that, I think also, you know, led by Stone was, um, you know, putting the bittering units, you know, on the label. So like, you know, things like Arrogant Bastard and, you know, other stuff. And so you have this like, you know, quantifiable, we have so much more hops than, you know, the next guy yeah. turned into this race towards these monster car crusher, you know, hop yeah. levels. And, and if you put in, you know, 60, 70 bittering units. So, so IBUs, international bittering units. Yeah. America is the only place where they refer to them as international bittering units. Everyone else is like bittering units. So it's like, like I don't know why they're international. You're, but. You're, you're, you're telling me Amer Americans are doing something different that no one else in the world is yeah. doing <laughs> and like, no one else in the rest of the world cares. They're only, yeah, they're, <laughs> only, they're only international bittering units in the U.S. <laughs> So anyway, so but it, but if you make a beer that's got like 60, 70, you know, IBUs or BUs in it, mm -hmm. you have to make it like 8% alcohol because in order to otherwise it'd be totally undrinkable and be astringent and mm -hmm. and stuff. And so that's that's why you ended up with these huge high alcohol um high, you know, you know, hop content you know, things. It was just because you know you needed to 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 do it otherwise, you know, Otherwise, it would it would be like literally undrinkable. I mean, not not like you can only drink one and then you're kind of full and kind of done with it. Yeah. It was not a beverage you could consume. So that just defined kind of the style for a long time. Yeah. And you ended up in this this consumer that had this sort of stunt junky thing. So that you would you would have these beers that just had maximum impact and just a really just explosion of you know hop characters and you have the Hoposaurus Rex kind of, you know, names and everything. And so yeah, blew yeah. all the stuff up, yeah. but it the, wasn't the, the Dankosaurus or some, yeah, something. Totally. I, which I, 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 I'm sure that's, a, that's the name of three beers out there right now. So, oh yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> Dankzilla or something. Know, every, every different variation on some sort of like, you know, uh, you know, you know, dinosaur and hop molecule has been used. Seriously. So, but what ended up kind of happening was that consumers started evolving and this, this resulted in sort of a bit of a session IPA thing and, yeah. you know, explorations into different stuff to the point where now it's like, you know, a lot of, you know, uh, you know, beer geeks and, and people that, you know, kind of want to show their, their, you know, their, their topical you know, nature of their, their preferences are going back to loggers and going to Pilsners and going to and a lot of the stuff like that, which, you have, you know, completely different categories of breweries that are making these things because it's like the really high alcohol, high hopped beers. There's actually a very large margin for error in making those beers. They're, they're easy really? to make. Okay. Yeah. Cra crafting wise, very, very much easier to make a, you know, a, a, an acceptable 
you know, example of the style <laughs> than it is to make, you know, something that's lower in alcohol, a lot more delicate, a lot more, you know, stuff like that. I mean, those, those require, you know, a lot more skill and a lot more finesse to make a balanced version of like a Kolsch or, yeah. you know, uh, you know, Berliner Weiss or, you know, or, you know, like some of the kettle sours and things like that. Cause there's less stuff that kind of goes in the kettle and there's less things that are involved in making it you have to really kind of tune it in. You have to know your water chemistry and it becomes a much more technical thing. And there's a number of breweries out there that made, you know, an enormous splash and was, were able to produce a whole lot of these, you know, particularly high octane, highly hopped, you know, beers that simply don't have the brewing skill or capabilities to make these more nuanced, you know, lower alcohol um, and, you know, more finessed kind of styles. And as the, the tastes kind of changed over, some of these breweries have, have you know, had you know, a real problem making, making kind of a pivot. Um, and some of them are just like, that's not what we do. It's like, you know, there's some of them that are absolutely capable of doing that and have, you know, the brewing skill and capability and technical wherewithal yeah. to do that kind of stuff, but just have decided that's just not us. And, and that's totally, you know, everybody gets to choose, you know, what, what they want to do and who they want to be. Um, so, but that's developing too. And so you're getting, you're getting a, a shift away from, and I think it's, it's, it's also personal to the consumer's journey too. It's like everybody kind of comes in, has that stunt junkie phase where they just want to like taste stuff that's like, you know, kind of crazy and going on. Yeah. And then after a while they start understanding a little bit more and then they, they, you know, they, they have more experience and, um, you know, have tasted stuff and want to develop, you know, other things. And they just get, a more nuanced and developed palette. And so they start exploring other stuff that's more nuanced to it. And I think just you're, you, we're, we're in a stage where most of the craft beer consumer has gotten through that stunt junkie phase yeah. and they're starting to, to, you know, find stuff that is a more balanced beverage and is, you know, you know, something that they want to, um, they, they want to get into on, on, you know, a, a different level than just like, something's happening in my mouth, you know? And, and so, you know, you've got, you have, you have this other kind of stuff and it's just something, it's happened, to my, like, something happened to my head yeah, <laughs> after yeah. three of like, these, you know, can't, can't feel my hair. Yeah. Um, I'm at Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Um, yeah. That, um, yeah. It, there was a, there was a joke that uh, a friend of mine used to make where he was just like, he was like, you know, and like, by the way, he was saying this and he was drinking, all of this with us but he was like you know we're really just paying for like more expensive versions of malt liquor at this point right he's like you know it's just like it's like it's like this stuff tastes better but he's like you know for two bucks we could have gotten colt 45 uh, uh, you know instead of this oh that's uh that is probably the worst beer i've ever had in my life is like is colt 45 i i mean it, it, it's uh, well it's Actually, so can you answer this for me? And it's beers like that. Are those technically beers or are they like malt beverages? They're they're fortified malt beverages. Okay. So, All right. Um, All right. They're basically they're they're they they're beer that has extra spirit added. Nice, nice. So that's yeah. so, so it's some real you know Uncle Smokey's bathtub gin, but with but with Budweiser poured in it to to even it out. Yeah, they're, they're fortified. <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's a flavored cocktail. It's basically it's a beer. It's kind of the original beer cocktail, I suppose. That is probably one of the worst things I've ever tried in my life. And I was just like, and it was, again, it was just my friends and I were like, we were at a, you know, we were at a store getting, getting beer one night and 
I saw it and I was like, you know, I've never actually tried it. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get it. And my friends were like, you know, I've never tried it either. And like, it was mm -hmm. honest, like I just in general, I don't like wasting food. I don't like wasting drinks, you know, stuff like that. But like all of us, we all just like took our, took one sip and each of us were just like, nope, like, nope, 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 nope. We're not, we're not doing Like we're dumb. It's like, yeah. I don't want my night defined by Colt 45. So we just like, we just dumped it out, which, but it, it, you know, it also, it works every time. So it's, yeah. you know, what's, it's also, you know, what's your priority too? I mean, like, so, so, I mean, malt liquor and extremely hot chicken wings is, is a legitimate beer pairing. So we That's used to, yeah. there were years, years gone by where uh, we had a friend that just liked to try and make chicken wings that would just blow people's heads off. And so apparently malt liquor was, was the, the pairing of choice for that. But that was, I mean, that was literally a stunt junkie thing. I mean, it was like yeah. trying to make just harmful chicken wing spice levels. And uh, so there's that, but it's like, I mean, th th at the same time, it's, it, you know, so as, as a beer producer, you have to look at, you know, it's like, okay, you know, what's, what's our market? Who's our consumer? What's, you know, what's kind of going on here and, and, and everything. And it's the, the malt liquor conversation is very similar to the seltzer conversation. And it's yeah. like, okay, so, so what is, so seltzer is, you know, people just decided to package, you know, what evolved with, you know, people throwing a shot of vodka in a LaCroix, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So what, what you're doing is, you know, seltzer is kind of designed to be a minimal flavor impact alcohol delivery vehicle. It's really kind of, you know, that's, that's the point. I mean, malt liquor is not too far from that, really. I mean, it's, you're, you're, you're looking for a desired effect with, <laughs> with, without, without really having, you know, kind of too much in the journey there. And so we, we as a brewery, we've just decided it's like, really, it's kind of, that's not really kind of what we, we're, we're about. We're about, you know, balanced, delicious, mm -hmm. you know, beverages and like that kind of thing. And the, the flavor is a feature that we, we, we kind of <laughs> Rather no, than no way, than <laughs> the flavor is a feature. <laughs> so that's that's and that's our perspective. But there's and there's a lot of other perspectives and stuff like that. Yeah. But as a brewer, you also have to recognize that the person who reaches for a truly or a White Claw or mm -hmm. one of the other thirty million craft breweries, you know, seltzers that they're launching this year, doesn't doesn't mean that if they do that, that they're not also you know an Anderson consumer it just oh, yeah, means yeah. that the occasion that they're doing that in is just not our occasion and i'm okay with that i'm like i'm, I'm okay with not being you know the choice if, if someone just wants like it's sunny a crazy hot day it's a lawnmower thing and their their beverage of choice on lawnmowers is you know is a hard seltzer yeah. that's cool um you know when when the occasion is going to be you know something like you know that they they want you know a flavorful beer and, and you know that kind of thing where it's like you know we make a huge arker and the huge arker is 15 and a half percent alcohol. It's a barrel aged imperial stout. It's actually illegal in seven states, um, <laughs> which I think is like one of the one of the best facts about huge arker that I've learned. Yeah. Man, that, um, that should that should be on your business card. <laughs> one of my beers is. is illegal in seven states. <laughs> so we yeah we, uh, we we released it with the alcohol, and one of our distributors called us up and was like, "Is it really 15 and a half? I'm like, "Yeah, it's 15." It's like it's I can't import it. It's illegal in the state. And so I did some research and, I, and I'm, I'm like, I, I realized there's seven states that it's illegal in. And I thought, I'm like, that is the best thing that I could learn, you know, today. So we started, you know, we started leading, we did a release and we're like, you know, you know, asterisks, illegal in seven states, you know, kind of, you know thing. it's so, so huge. That, that marketing is, 
awesome. I, yeah. I, I am so happy you guys did that. That is like, like that's so, someone like me, I would see that and be like, I got to try this. Like I have to, I, I can now I'm, I'm going to look it up. I would I definitely want to check yeah. that out. Uh, so that, that distributor that called me actually drives across state lines to buy it retail from, from a store in the neighboring <laughs> state to bring it back because she wants to drink it. And, you know, and it's one of my favorite beers. It's great, but it's like, it's a, it's a campfire, it's a campfire beer. It's a fireplace beer. It's a contemplating life sipping thing. It's like, oh, if yeah. you're going to have a scotch on the rocks and sit there and, and, you know, do whatever like play a game at chess with somebody or, yeah. you know, do like, you know, whiskey things. Mm. Um, it's that kind of an occasion. It just, you know, it's not, you know, and, and just because someone reaches for that doesn't mean they're not reaching for something else too. So, so it's really kind of like, you know, like the malt liquor and, and you know, it's, it's like, okay, if, if you want, you know, an efficient alcohol delivery vehicle, you can get that. Yeah. Um, we're just, we're, we're kind of not that place. We're, yeah. we're about flavor and, and, and beverage experience. And by the way, I feel like you guys are doing it right there where you're like, that space is, you know, that space is already Okay, actually, let me step back. Step back here. That 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 space kind of just popped up, and then I don't think I just as a consumer, I don't think I've seen so many competitors pop up so quickly ever for something like you know like the the hard seltzer kind of thing. And now there's so many. That space is clearly so packed already, which is yeah. kind of impressive, but like also kind of a little. I don't I don't want to say scary. That's not the right term, but it's just like damn, like people really, really like that. And I mean, I, I get it. Like, yeah, I've, I've had them, you know, like, like on, on the, on an episode, we, um, we tried Paps, Paps version of it. Um, honestly, I kind we kind of liked it a little more than White Claw. It tasted more like actual soda. I don't know if that was the alcohol content of it, uh, maybe affecting it or something. I mean, again, I, I, I'm the when it comes to when it comes to beer, I'm like beer is beer. You know, I don't. <laughs> I I know a little bit of the of the you know the process of making it, but uh, yeah, that space is so so packed already, and it's like yeah, unless I feel like unless you're already an established brand, that's a hard thing to try to get into now. <laughs> yeah, and it's you know it it's if you look at it from from the inside of the industry, it's it's not really kind of an overnight thing. People have been making seltzers for a long time, but I mean Boston in particular, like truly, I mean they started. They started down the road a long time ago. Oh, really? Um, and it's like and the concept is not new either. I mean, basically, everyone is kind of retreading what Zima did. Um, so, I, so there's. On, on, sorry, I, no joke. I kind of <laughs> liked Zima. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I, I'm a full-on Zima endorser. And then, uh, actually, sorry, I have I have to derail you here for a second. Uh, when they did their like re-release of it a while back, there was a 7-Eleven down the street from my house and I, 2016 or 17 i think they released yeah it. yeah it was about yeah. that time and uh, so i went in to go i went to go grab something else and like out of the corner of my eye i'm like that looks like zima and i'm like <laughs> zima has zima has been dead since the 90s in america and i look over and so i left to go do something else and i'm like i'm going back like that was zima right and i look i'm like that is zima and i like took a photo of it, shot to my, like, I don't know, eight of my friends. And I was like, ha ha, look at this. And I have never had a text chat blow up so quickly. I'm just like, dude, where is that? What is it? Seriously, it's real. And like, it was like, get it. And so I bought, you know, three six packs of it. And then, you know, over the next, you know, 48 hours, my group of friends and I, we like all try it. And then, so I was like, you know what? I kind of want to get some more. So I go back to that 7-Eleven and the guy, and like, there's no more in there. I'm like, okay. So I, I go to the, 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 the owner and I'm like, Hey man, um, do you got any more Zima in the back? And he's like, 
no, bro, you bought it all. And I'm like, oh, man, like, oh, I'm going to be known as the Zima guy at the 7-Eleven now. <laughs> so, so, sorry, I had, I had to share that. Like, that's, no, that's, great. that's like a crowning achievement of just being like, no, bro, you bought it all. Whoops. Take one of the six packs and like fold it into a crown. Well, we, um, what, what my, with, uh, uh, the, one of the other hosts, uh, Carlin, what him and I did, uh, with mostly it was him was, you know, he got magnets and like glued them to the back. So we just were given them, like we gave them to friends as like Christmas gifts so they could put them on their fridge. And it's kind of like, it's like, it's a sign of like, if someone has Z, like one of the Zima magnets, it's like, oh yeah. Like you, you were, you were, you were on the, you were on the good, you weren't on the naughty list that year right. kind of thing. <laughs> and, uh, it's definitely been a conversation started with people being like, wait a second is that Zima it's like yeah that is Zima and uh yeah I but yeah I I a hundred percent I was like kind of down with Zima as as like as a again as a, eh, a specific occasion kind of thing now if I drank it all the time I, I think you'd have to have an intervention with me because it's like or, I don't know I mean I don't know if someone again if no, that's what someone likes cool it's, you know. it's an occasion thing I mean Z, Zima wasn't Zima because you know people didn't like the constant it's just you know it, it turned into just something that you know partially kind of wasn't cool again um you know it's like you know people's people's tastes and preferences you know fluctuate and go back and forth but i mean they sold tons of that and that that wasn't like that wasn't like by accident it's like oh we thought we were buying you know something else called zima or you know whatever it's like i mean it was it was a successful beverage in its own right so you know it's just it's just it's a specific thing for, you know, specific occasions, it's got a specific flavor profile and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I mean, the proliferation of as many seltzers as there are now is, I think, absolutely not only predictable, but expected from what craft beer has done. Because what, yeah. what ended up happening is, um, you know, it's like, uh, in some ways, there, there's an episode of The Simpsons where, you know, Homer describes the... Uh, um, all of the, the uh, uh, designer jeans manufacturers is those brave entrepreneurs who saw an overcrowded marketplace and said, me too. Uh, so, so it's not quite as bad as that, I don't think. But one of the things that, that has happened with craft beer over the last like five years is craft beer was so hot sort of leading into 2015, 16 that really the the distributors approached the retailers and, and the retailers asked was what's new it's like what do you have that's kind of new because there was so much shelf pull coming from uh consumers doing all this exploratory stuff and you know trying to taste stuff and anything like that so anything that was new really just kind of flew like really fast and partially that was sustainable because there was smaller number of breweries and breweries were putting out you know kind of new you know cycling stuff and then you know more breweries grew up but the, the approach that the distributors and the retailers were using with craft was simply cycling new shiny objects. And so all of the, cons the, the, um, the brewers, you know, and it ended up, you know, and the suppliers, uh, you know, got, you know, kind of incentivized to just start churning out new things and new, you know, I call it shiny objects. So, so new shiny objects, like what's new is just keep on, you know, rolling you know, different stuff. And there's breweries that, you know, are like, we're proud we released, you know, 130 new beers in the last, you know, two years and stuff. And, you know, and, and, you know, they're just would iterate, you know, labels and all kinds of other stuff and people are running out of names and, and everything. But 
but it turned into a marketplace like in 2017 and 18, where, you know, it was, it was, there was really no product launches going on. There wasn't really any kind of, you know, effort at just doing basic consumer products kind of work in terms of introducing, you know, if you came out with a new beer, you know, doing whatever, really what you were doing was you were loading it into the distributor. The distributor was able to get shelf placement on it because it was new. The retailer was able to get it pulled off the shelf because it was new. And that started slowing down because there was more brewers that were kind of competing for that, you know, kind of what's new thing. And consumers started getting fatigue from all of the new stuff that was kind of coming in. They started gravitating back to breweries that had, you know, reputation for, you know, making better beer and, and, and other types of things. And, and that's, you know, a, that's a cycle that, that happens in a lot of consumer products. And so there was just this fatigue with all this other kinds of stuff. So the problem became you had a craft brew industry where there are, you know, thousands, literally thousands of breweries that had never known a consumer market other than one where, you just iterated shiny objects and just loaded it out. And all you were doing was just thinking about, okay, how do we follow up this release with the next one? Because we need the cash flow. And it's a really fragile business model because if you miss once, all of a sudden you don't make payroll because you don't have the money coming in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and so that's, that's the exact same thing that's going on in, in Seltzer's right now is that, I mean, the statistics around Seltzer's are that, you know, they're growing, you know, whatever, triple digits and all this other kinds of stuff. Now, first, they're lapping small numbers. So that's not all that, you know, that's yeah. not as impressive as the base numbers say. Yeah. But the second thing is that because the launching new shiny objects and craft beer business model has slowed down a lot, they're looking for another pathway to do the same yeah. thing. And so it's like, well, this one's aggressive. We need to get our new shiny object out over here yeah. so we can you know, throw that forward. And it's absolutely an extension of the same business model that, that you know, had been dominant and was encouraged by a lot of distributors and retailers for a long time. And, and you know, breweries, I mean, frankly, you know, it, it was a little bit easy for some breweries because you didn't have to make the same beer over and over again. A lot of times if you're just iterating new stuff and not being able to make the same consistent beer <laughs> Uh, is one of the hallmarks of not really being good at what you do. So I, I, was, I believe that a thousand percent. It was, it was easier to get by making a lot of different, you know, kind of marginal one-off beers um, than it would be to like, be like, we're going to lead with, you know, Kolsch or we're going to lead with, you know, a, you know, a, a Vienna lager or something like that and not be able to, to make it taste the same, you know, every time you do it. So anyway, um, but yeah, so I mean, the whole seltzer thing, everyone's coming out with seltzers because, you know, they read the headlines and, you know, distributors are looking for something with velocity and they, you know, they're, they're like, what do you have that's new? I mean, they're still doing that. And it's just not the same business model used to be. I think you said, I mean, I think you said it best. It really was like, again, like the new shiny object. I feel like it was very Instagrammable to be like, oh, well, oh, that person is not drinking, you know, a pale ale from a... Uh, what's what's the green uh sierra nevada anymore or that they're not yeah. drinking it or it's or they don't they don't got you know the what's the the coors light with the 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 the, the tall boy or whatever whatever the hell it is uh it's like oh they got something new i also and again this is just my experience so it's like it's clearly limited i feel like a lot of what gravitated to like the people i knew who were drinking you know the seltzers was that it was lower calorie a lot of it was pretty like, you know, or like consistently like lower calorie. Look, 
it's still booze. It's not good for you. It's like, there's no, it's not like, you know, it's not like, you know, oh, an avocado has like, you know, like healthy fats for your body as opposed Mm -hmm. to like, it's not like you're going to drink, it's not, you're not going to drink like a, you know, a grapefruit white claw and be like, oh no, oh, don't worry. I got like 10% of my good, my good calories in. It's like, it, it's still booze. Like it's still, (laughs) it's, you know, but yeah, I mean, I I don't know. And then, uh, and then frankly, also I had a bad experience where I, I drank a couple white claws one night and I got some crazy indigestion like heartburn and it like kept me up for the night and I would granted I wasn't pacing myself very well and I might have drank in like four in like 90 minutes kind of situation uh that's all on me and my my stupidity but um yeah I like after that I was like I gotta I'm like I'm not gonna do this that often anymore and like the only times I've ever had that with you know again like a like a good stable beer has just been like i drink too much of it you know like kind of situation and it's like there's i don't, I don't know I, I don't feel like there's any like weird carbonation issues that you get with a beer that you get with these with these seltzers so well, i mean the, the big i mean first of all the alcohol molecule carries with it calories so there's no getting around that oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah so you know if you have a certain alcohol content in a beverage you've got a floor of calories so yeah, yeah. Just, the only way the only way to lower the calories is to just put less alcohol in there yeah, yeah. Um, which again is kind of sometimes antithetical to the idea of a seltzer. So, um, <laughs> so they might not totally do that. The, the other thing to kind of look out for um, with seltzers is that occasionally there's some residual sugar and there's actual you know calories from a couple of grams of sugar uh, in them that you won't really find in beer. Beer's got other stuff. Beer has carbohydrates from you know the grains and things like that. But it's not really a healthier choice so much. Um, you know, there's, you can, you know, I, I think you make decisions about, and I do it all the time, you make decisions about, you know, going with a lower calorie beer and, and you know, lower alcohol beer, just, you know, for, you know, presence of mind and lifestyle and, you know, that kind of stuff. It's like, you know, I can go, you know, drink some, you know, ridiculous thing that basically is a, you know, is a pint that has as many calories as a cheeseburger. Um, <laughs> it's really good, but you got to go in there knowing that you're drinking a cheeseburger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a choice. And I don't think that there's the palate and the, the flavor experience of drinking a seltzer is I think probably to a lot of people less filling. So it gives you the impression of, yeah. you know, and it's clear. Um, so it gives you the impression that, yeah. you know, there's less stuff in it or there's, you know, you're not, you're not taking on as much calories or, or anything else. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's, yeah. You know, the most most light beers have less calories than than uh, than seltzers do. I mean, the 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 our black rice ale, you know, is is basically it's a, a brown to you know dark, you know, almost stout looking kind of beer. It's ninety calories, and most seltzers are 100, 120. So yeah, we um we we actually yeah, I, I we bring up that point quite a few times. I was because I was just like, yeah, it was it was kind of funny because I was like I'm so, I'm like man this. This is a really good beer because, like, I'm just used to like seeing again like Michelob Ultra type beers and stuff. Where I'm just like, those don't like you drink those, and it's just like, I why don't I just drink water or just drink <laughs> a real beer? It's, like that's like I feel like you guys did a really good job with with that one of like bridging that gap. And again, maybe it's just you know me getting pickier as I'm getting older. But like, yeah, there's definitely things where I'm like, okay, I'll try it, and like, mm, no, I'm just not gonna do that again. Or like, mm-hmm. it's a kind of like you said like the, with like the with the higher alcohol you know like the stouts and all that stuff it's kind of like yeah like you crack those open because you want to like enjoy the experience as opposed to some of the stuff where it's just like why why don't i just drink water 
like what that's yeah. I, I, I look i get it like yeah there's some days you know you you want a beer but it's like you can and especially again this is and this is my perspective but there's a very good market out there for buying lots of good quality beers your guys in particular giving a big shout out here but but uh, no but like there's 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 a you can you don't have to look that hard to find something that's pretty darn good you know kind of thing anymore and that's which is which is again what a problem to have <laughs> kind of situation i mean yeah there's there's still going to be you know some I, I i mean i'm still like i still tell everybody you know if you see something if you see a beer that says high octane or ice on it you probably shouldn't touch it you know <laughs> you know that's uh or another one that i'm like i'm really scared of if i see a beer that has like daddy on it i'm like ooh, like it's uh and, and i say that and there is the, like what i'm referencing is uh the the natty daddies from natural oh. brewing those those things i'm not gonna lie with like there's a crew of friends that like if we're together and someone has them it's like which tying it in with like our podcasts only time I've ever seen those beers for purchase has been at the grocery outlet. <laughs> I've never seen even like, like <laughs> legit, legit liquor stores that just have my, like there's, there's a few around, around me that are just are like legit, legit liquor stores that have a lot of stuff. I've never seen Natty Daddy's there. It's only at the grocery outlet, which, you know, okay. They, they know, they know their market, you know, kind of, <laughs> kind of situation. So you know, speakeasy makes a, makes a, I think a big daddy IPA. Yes, I was yeah. thinking. I was thinking as I said that I'm like I know there's another one that's good, but I'm but I'm thinking of like again like these like I feel like college level drinking legacy brands that are just like <laughs> oh, you know like oh yeah yeah bro like the you know the the, the high octane daddy and it's like I should I should not be drinking this <laughs> like yeah. no, no I mean, one no one should be drinking that no, I mean, that's, those are days like like the college days when when you know like you and your buddy like had only a few bucks between you. So we would have my, my uh, old friend, Jason, that uh, I need to call him. Um, but we would like, we were totally broke and we were like, what are we going to do? So we would go and we would get um, uh, a 40 and a thing of Southern Comfort because we, we figured we didn't really need, need mixers because Southern Comfort was so sweet. And that would be our evening. Yeah. And it's like, I don't ever want to go back to those days. It's like, I've done that. It's like not, oh, yeah. not something to repeat. And, yeah, I get it. There's a time and a place. Another one that I'm not going to lie, I totally bought into the marketing for was uh, Sparks. Do you remember that stuff? No, no. Spark, so Sparks was one of the brands. They were, they were one of the um, kind of Four loco type uh, malt beverages where they were, they were a malt beverage that had caffeine in it. And oh. it was, yeah. And like they, it's funny because they were the first, I think they just got the most media scrutiny right away because it was like it was something like it was a relatively lower it was like each can had like a cup of coffee's worth of caffeine in it and like they were like five percent but like four loco had like you know there's like three cups of coffee in this 24 ounce can and it's like 12 percent and like I, which I, I will say like i've 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 never gotten loco for that loco as my some of my friends would say yeah like sparks like i'm not gonna lie like sparks reminded me a lot of the seltzer resurge is the seltzer craze because it like that's what my friends and i we would drink those we would pregame that was our first pregame it's like well it's not really a beer it's not really like a liquor kind of thing it's kind of something along that and like you know you'd have one and then you would you know go on with your evening kind of situation mm -hmm. again this is also you know you know shit that you drink when you're like in your you know 20 to 22 kind of 23 kind of situation and but yeah they they were that was one of those things where they um they voluntarily removed the uh 
caffeine from their drink before any before because like I, I don't know I mean again there's always like the you know the urban legendness of like oh did someone die from drinking too many of those kind of thing and like I, I mean I, I've heard stories of like yeah it happened but uh, uh, I think so, yeah someone some kid I'm pretty sure like you know drank too many of the uh, too, too many sparks and like I think like you know oh they got in an accident or something which is like that's you know that's the problem you yeah. know, situation but it, but yeah like they but like they they took the it's one of those things where like yeah whatever that company whatever whoever it was who made sparks you know they took the caffeine out and i i swear like i feel like two months later like i i it was all gone like i never saw another one because again it's like the whole point was you're like oh i'm drinking like it's got caffeine and booze okay cool like i'm ser- it's serving a dual purpose and it's like wait so now it's just like a fruity sugar drink that's only five percent no i'm not gonna do this i'll just how would i just drink normal booze you know kind of situation so again there's there's probably facts that i i just don't have but yeah that was yeah that was kind of my my take on it so yeah i was i always thought of caffeine caffeinated alcohol beverages as kind of it's like so you, you put you put a stimulant and a depressant in your head and tell them to wrestle and it's like seriously and it it you know i'm just like i can't i can't really work out all that well <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i mean like yeah look i've i've you know had my you know mornings where i've just been like i'm gonna put a little whiskey in my coffee because i might have drank a little bunch last night but i haven't done that in a while <laughs> yeah. but like no i got yeah i'm with oh, you no, I, just, yeah, i've had i've had irish coffee and you know all those kind of stuff like that and, and again it's like it's one of those things where it's like oh there's a place for it. it's like but it's like kind of a, a occasion it's a, it's an occasion it's not a yeah. common you know you know yeah you know the per, it's like i feel like the person like again uh, the, the joke that we keep making on our on our podcast is uh you know we'll have the you know we'll find these products that were like what the hell is this and it's just like i feel like this is only something nicholas cage from leaving las vegas would would actively drink you know kind of thing <laughs> which is <laughs> people who embrace it as like this is my beverage for the evening like the the whole uh you know vodka red bull phenomenon that happened for a while it's like no one has ever done anything smart after like four vodka red bulls and it's just you know and and you know you 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 follow that thread to its end and then you're you're really really drunk and you have no hope of sleeping it off and you know it's like it's just an a weird uncomfortable place to to imagine being yeah yeah i i agree with you a thousand percent on that one it's like Oh, well, I mean, yeah, if, if you wouldn't mind, like, could you kind of tell us, like, how, um, just to wrap it up here, like, how has COVID, like, affected affected you guys? I mean, what's... what's um, the it's been super impactful. So we bought the brewery in December of 19. Normally, so my background, I used to do a lot of, uh, you know, business rescue type of things and, <clears throat> and uh, you know, consulting in terms of, you know, fixing broken business models, crisis management, a lot of other stuff like that. So... So when we bought the brewery, the, the brewery sales have been declining for like five years, partially because, you know, the, the former owners really weren't doing any marketing. So it was, it was already, you know, a, a, you know, something to turn around. And so normally when you get involved in a business, it takes you like 90 days to figure out what's going on. So before those 90 days were up, we ran into quarantine. Yeah. Um, so it kind of messed with everything else. So we were able to kind of like stop the decline and, and arrest, you know, other stuff. And we were on trajectory to kind of fix some stuff. So, so there, I mean, we were in kind of a unique position from a lot of the rest of the industry. Um, and then when, when quarantine hit, everybody, everybody got hit, you know, in, in some ways the same way, which is you know, the on-premise shutdown. So all of your draft sales went away. Craft beer, 
uh, as a category is over-indexed on on-premise like 85% or 80% or something like that. So it really hit them the, the hardest. Um, we, we were a little bit better. We were, you know, close to 50-50 on-premise and, and we had, you know, some wholesale, uh, you know, distribution. Um, so we just kind of pivoted to that. But we did have one benefit um, which was when we bought the brewery, we don't have any investors. We don't have any um, debt. We don't have, you know, private equity or anything like that. I mean, so my, my family owns it, you know, hundred percent and owns it outright. So I don't have mortgage payments. I don't have, you know, anything. So if I knew COVID was coming, I couldn't have structured our, you know, balance sheet and our, you know, business durability any better than what we did when we bought it. You know, anyway, and the idea was that we wanted to do this as a multi-generational thing. So we're not going to yeah. take out a bunch of debt, and make things, you know, fragile. So that allowed us to do a number of things. I mean, the first is that we, and, and even though, you know, like initially, you know, that the communication was like, it's to get, you know, a 14 to 21 day quarantine period or whatever, but, you know, and we were like, yeah, sure. Um, yeah. But we committed to maintaining all of our staff and maintaining them at pre-COVID benefits and compensation levels. And we've been able to do that, which is good. Nice, nice. Um, we uh, started a program with uh, Mendocino Community Foundation's COVID fund, where a portion of our proceeds from uh, our pale ale uh, from Boonville Gold, which is um, our uh, you know, lighter beer flavored beer. And uh, what else? And Hot Button, our IPA. Uh, go. We'll, we donate those to the community foundations fund there. So we're trying to contribute that way. Nice. Um, we chose not to do uh, e-commerce sales. We chose not to do delivery. And instead, what we did, you know, particularly at the brewery, but also through social media, is we just encouraged people to go to their local retailers. And you know, the the, the idea was that they've got. They've got family, they've got employees too. We're still making our margin. You know, we'll still be delivering them beer. We'll be okay, but we need the rest of the, the whole partnership you know, to be profitable too. And our distributors need to be in business and they need to be able to, to kind of move beer and things like that too. So we encourage people to go and, you know, and go get the beer from, from you know, the local shop you know, rather than, than either come directly to us or you know, do kind of anything else. And so it's given us an opportunity to do a bunch of other things too. We've done a lot of work around the brewery, you know, everything from implementing a new, you know, enterprise wide ERP system, which is a big deal to, you know, doing a lot of work around, you know, the, the property, cleaning some stuff up, redoing, you know, the licensing, just, just, you know, you know, taking the opportunity to kind of do that. And so it's been, it's actually been, I mean, it hasn't been good by any stretch of the imagination. Anybody who's saying, oh, they're totally thriving is, you know, they're not telling you the, the whole truth. <laughs> Um, yeah. It's been, it's been a, a crisis literally for everyone. Some people have been able to find ways to to get through it stronger than others, but everybody's been hurt, and there's there's kind of no no avoiding that. But we've been able to to hold on to a bunch of things that um, were important to us and, and stay stable, which is which is key. And you know, I, ideally, you know, we we exit out of this you know stronger than that. We actually increased headcount. We added a number of salespeople and. You know, even during, you know, during COVID, I've got, you know, new salespeople that unfortunately are in kind of a position where they come into a new job and want to really, you know, sort of show, you know, who they are, what they can do and, you know, and sort of prove themselves. And it's like, they're not allowed to have meetings. I was like, well, well, you know, like crap. So, so anyway, so. Well, they, well, that, that's awesome. That's that's great news to hear. At least, uh, yeah, on that front. Yeah, it's it's been, I mean, yeah, it's 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 been 
an extremely unique and terrible <laughs> experience. Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that, you know, you guys are doing the best you can with, with, with what's yeah. happening. I'm, I'm really curious to see what's, what it's going to be like with some of these places of like, Oh, were they able to, cause I feel like everybody is kind of doing, you know, that if they can, they're like, well, we always wanted to do this and now we don't have foot traffic. So now we can just yeah. do it, you know, kind of thing. like a, kind of a, a really terrible, but also like this is a once in a lifetime situation where we're gonna be able to do this. So let's just do it kind of situation. So. Yeah. We did things like repainted or did a bunch of work to the interior of the tap room and stuff like that. Things that you would have to shut down for to, to do. So we got it done. We're, it seems like we're really starting to get through like vaccinating. Okay. Like the medical staff is done, you know, like a lot of the elderly population, they're done, you know, so we're actually like, like I have a few, a few friends who are not part of essential staff and they've been vaccinated, you know, already. And it's like, they were able to, uh, I'm not gonna say sneak in, that's the wrong way, <laughs> but uh, um, no, cause I forget which one of the vaccines it was, but one of, one of the vaccines, they, uh, you know, I, I uh, it's like, you know, once they, once they unthought, it's like they have to use it because you can't really yeah. it. So yeah, like that's like what happened. Like and what what happened was was like one of our friends went and got the vaccine, you know, because they're you know they're classified to go get it. And then they the people at the it's because it's not the Oakland Coliseum, and the people at the Coliseum were like, it's like six o'clock, and they were like, yeah, we got all these vaccine, we got all this stuff left, we got to use it. They're like. Do you have friends? They were really saying like, "Hey, text your friends. Tell them just to drive down here." They're like, "We're not. It's not guaranteed, but like that's yeah, starting to happen down here." Which I'm I'm ha I'm happy to hear about that because there's a lot of people you know, who are just like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll get it." You know, kind of let's get the ball rolling. Yeah. I know a few people that that that's happened. I mean, we we were. I mean, as as a, a brewery, we were considered essential, so we were allowed to to continue operating. Which, you know, was was you know, first of all, extremely fortunate you know, that we were able to kind of stay in business, but it was also kind of really scary um, because, you know, we were then a vector for transmission. And so yeah. we're, and, you know, we've gotten through, you know, the, I mean, we had no issues whatsoever, you know, at the brewery. We, uh, we kept the tap room basically closed down for, for longer than we really needed to. And then we only opened up for like to-go sales. Um, and there's, you know, the properties available for, for people to use. And so people will play disc golf and stuff like that. And, you know, I've got a property here where I can literally socially distance people by an actual half mile. Um, oh yeah. But, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> so we didn't, we didn't, we didn't run into any issues. I mean, nobody had any, any, um, you know, COVID issue, but it was a constant concern and we were just very vigilant with, uh, you know, restrictions and, and regulations. But last week, the entire brewery staff, um, got their second vaccination shot because we're nice. qualified under tier 1B and uh, the folks at uh, Anderson Valley Health Clinic are on the ball and they did a great job and so got us all in. Um, nice. That's just a huge load off our minds. So, um, so yeah. that's good. So I get to sleep better now. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a little jealous. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, it is, it'll, you know, it'll, it's, it'll happen. Like I'm, I'm not, I mean, that's the thing. I, like I said, like, I'm like, I'm jealous, but frankly, like, I'm not like there's other, like, there's plenty of people who need to get this vaccine before me. Yeah. And it's, I think like, if you have that mentality, you'll be, you know, you'll be fine. And it'll, I mean, like, it, it's kind of like, it's, it's going to happen when it happens, it'll happen and that'll be awesome. But until then, I mean, look, man, I'll, I'll be at home, you know, drinking some, uh, drinking some Anderson Valley, man. So <laughs> we'll make more. <laughs> yes. Yes. The sour ale and the rice ale were 
definite ones that like I was like I want to try these and I'm really happy you guys sent it to us because those are ones where I was like I will I will get I I will buy these normally like those those were those were cool. quite good Ke Kevin seriously like really appreciate you like taking the time with uh to talk with us uh, All right, cool. yeah let us know and let me know I mean if you guys are are you know in the area around Boonville we're um I think Mendocino's statistics right now are, are trending in the right direction, which is cool. And I've uh, recently, I, I worked with, last year I worked with the ABC for like six months and we were able to take the license for the tap room and redefine it as mm. the fence line of the property. So now <laughs> the entire, like basically it's like a close to 30 acre beer park. So that's, we're doing some improvements and other stuff like that when we open up and everything too. And so. Uh, that's rad. No, that's, got, yeah. We, we uh, sod showing up tomorrow for about a 9,000 square foot like lounge lawn. Nice. Yeah. Seriously, like this, thank you for doing this with us. This is, cool. this is rad. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. And it, like, like I said, like if you guys, uh, when you guys do any kind of, uh, you'd say do any kind of rebranding with the rice sale, like let us know, we'll put it up on our feed. Cause like we, we all are a hundred percent into it. So oh, cool. Yeah, no, it, it, it will be hard to miss. Yeah. Hopefully. Awesome. Awesome, man. <laughs> well, well, yeah, well, Kevin again, thank you so much. And yeah, dude, have a, have a great rest of the day. Cool. Thanks, Pete. All right. See you later. See ya. Thanks again to Kevin from the Anderson Valley Brewing Company for taking the time to talk to us today. And listeners, if you have the opportunity, please check out any beer from Anderson Valley Brewing Company. You will not be disappointed. This is Pete from the Grocery Gamblers. Gamble on. <laughs>